Jen, come on up. We've got Jen McPhail coming today. Very excited to hear what you've got on your heart. Isn't it been great to have our grads speaking? It's been so encouraging. So let's encourage her again one more time as she comes. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to speak to you guys today. Um, my name is Jen. If I haven't met you, it's probably because I'm only here like twice a week right now. Um, I transferred from Trinity Western University, and then I came here in like the heat of COVID. And so I've been a commuter, um, you know. So if I haven't met you, come say hi. I'm sticking around after graduation here in Abbotsford, so I would love to get to know you. Um, so yeah, I just want to tell you guys a story um, to kick us off, just so you guys get to know me a little bit better as well. So after graduation, I went to Sweden for six months. I did Cape and Ray. Did anybody else do Cape and Ray? Just, oh, stop. That's awesome. Woo. We're getting married. <laughs> That's why. It's not why, but... Um, all right, anyway, so within the first couple of weeks, I imagine like, you know, when you go into dorms or you do Omega, there's like all the team building activities that you guys have to do, you know? And it's kind of like awkward, but you, you just go with it anyway because everybody's facilitating these things and you're like, okay, yep, I'm, I'm here. So we did this thing called Esau, which, which was Explore Sweden Adventure Week. And so we had to canoe and then we like portage, we like brought our canoes up and we camped and then we hiked. And so the second day, so it was, only, it was only one night. It's not actually a whole week. I don't know why they called it that. But anyway, and so the second day we hiked and they had this thing where there was like 10 clues and we had to figure out what the clue meant to where we had to go. And they gave us a compass. And I don't know if I give off the vibe to you guys that I know how to read a compass because I, <laughs> I don't. Um, but apparently I gave off this vibe in our like team building activities um, that I knew how to read a compass and or to how to, you know, hike and lead and I'm not that I'm not that outdoorsy and so um, they gave us these riddles and this compass and the first clue we all figured it out together you know and the first clue was north and so I had the compass so I'm like all right let's go this way and so we go and I'm sure you can probably tell where the story is leading and we had walked like 15 20 minutes at this point um, and we had two staff members come with us on this ex exploration and uh, their thing was they're not going to tell us what to do or if we we're going in the wrong direction because they're like it's team building you have to figure it out on your own and uh, we had this one staff member and he came up to me and he was like, hey, Jen, I know we're like not supposed to do this, but we've been going south for 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, cool, 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 no problem. So I had to tell all of these people that I really didn't even know um, that I had been leading them in the wrong direction for 15 minutes. And we had to turn around and go back the other way and then also had to figure out, you know, how to get to where we were going. And so they took the compass away from me, which is like kind of sad. <laughs> I understand why, but I was like really bummed out about it. But anyway, <laughs> I tell you guys this story because I think it's just funny um, about how when we lead ourselves, we kind of go in the wrong direction sometimes. Um, and we actually need something to tell us or someone to tell us what that right and correct direction is. And today we're talking about God's leading for us in our lives. We're going to be going through the book of Exodus as we have been um, this whole semester in our grad chapels. And I have the privilege of going through Exodus 13, 14, and 15, which is a big chunk. So bear with me as we go through it. Um, but yeah, so, so far in Exodus, we've seen 
Moses being born. We see him being called out by God. We see God reassuring him and his plan for him. Um, And we see the tension of God and Pharaoh and the hardening of his heart. And we see Colin talked about last week, um, the Passover and that 10th plague. And that leads us to where we are right now. And we're kind of in that bridge that Colin talked about of where they were and where they're going, the Israelites. And so I'm just going to give you guys an overview of Exodus 13, 14, and 15, so then we can just dive right into what we have today. So in Exodus 13, we see that the Lord is reminding the Israelites of what he has done. He's like, remember the Passover, remember what I've done for you. And we see that Pharaoh actually lets the Israelites go. And so they're off. They're like, okay, yep, we got this. Um, And we see the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire guiding them and leading them, the presence of God to them. Then we see in Exodus 14, uh, we see that Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he's actually like, nah, just kidding. I actually want the Israelites back. And so he sends the Egyptians back out after them. And this is where we see the miraculous move of God and the parting of the Red Sea. The Israelites get to walk over on dry ground and then the waters crash over the Egyptian armies. In Exodus 15, we see that the Israelites respond with song and they respond with praise. And so everything that I'm going to be talking about today kind of leads back to this idea of God's leading. And I wonder what that really means for you. What does it mean to be in God's leading, to follow in his leading? Do we desire to have God lead us? I think to a certain extent, all of you guys are at Bible college, like you probably have to a certain extent been like, yeah, I'm like following in what God has led me to do. But I think of like the big decisions like that, going to school, And I think of little decisions of who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to pray for? And I know that God's leading can kind of be a scary thing. I get that. And maybe you're sitting here in this room and you're actually really disappointed of where God has led you. Maybe you're frustrated and you're angry because your life isn't what you expected. And you don't really know how to reconcile that. And I've been there and I get that. And it's really easy to kind of check out in those moments when you're like, you know what, I'm frustrated and I'm upset and I don't know what I'm doing. It's really easy to turn your ears off. And I don't want you to listen to me, but I really want you to listen to what the word of God has to say for you. Because maybe um, right now, those fears and anxieties, you can actually just leave them at the cross and just really listen to this living, breathing word of God. Because Jesus loves you. And he has a plan for you and he wants to lead you. And so we're going to pray and then we're going to get right into what we have to talk about today. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we get to come to a school and come to a chapel where we get to worship and glorify you. God, I pray that there is less of me in this room and more of you. Jesus, I pray that you speak through me that it's so tangible to each and every person here that you are speaking to them and that you have something to say to them. God, I pray that we lean into where you're leading us in our lives, that we follow you, that we let you guide us. And we pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Alrighty. Point number one that I have for you guys today is God's leading isn't always direct. 
you know, it's not always direct. So we're going to uh, open up our Bibles to Exodus 13. If you have them with him, with you, with him, <laughs> um, you guys can open there. We're going to be going through Exodus 13, 14, and 15 pretty in order. So if you want to leave your Bibles open, you can do that. But I think it, oh yeah, wow, you guys are awesome. Um, okay, Exodus 13, 17 to 18, I'll just read it out for you guys. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt, ready for battle. And I actually really love the way, that was NIV. Uh, I actually really love the way that NLT says it as well. And so I'm going to read that one just so that it paints a little bit of a bigger picture for us. It says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road, but run that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. First, I want to point out to you guys that it's very clear in the text that it's not direct. There's a roundabout way. He's not leading them the fastest or the quickest way. The direct route was shorter, the Bible says, yet God still leads them a different way. And I love this so much because I think sometimes when we think of the way that God is leading us, sometimes we think of like the direct route. We're like, okay, God is leading us A, B, C, D, you know? But that's really not how it goes sometimes. And I think oftentimes we think of the direct route is the fastest or the quickest way to get to our destination, but I think God's leading is so much more than just the path or the timeline. God's leading is the journey that we get to go on with him. Because you see, the Israelites would have never experienced the miracle that's going to be coming up in the Red Sea if they had taken that direct route. I actually read in a commentary, it said, the most direct route was from Goshen to Canaan, and it was heavily guarded by a string of Egyptian fortresses. The reality is, is that if they had gone that direct route, they would have never seen this miracle. And maybe they even would have turned around. How often do we give up before we actually get to see the miracle in our lives? You know, if we don't go, if we want to go that direct route and we're not going to, we're going to miss that miracle because the miracle is actually that roundabout way that God is leading us to. And as I was reading this text, I was just so blown away with the idea that God knows us so well. In verse 17, it says, For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. He's leading them out. He has this great plan for them. Yet he knows his people so well that he knows that if they face any opposition in this time right there, that they might turn around. And I was thinking of all the times that I felt like God was leading me and it felt like I was like trudging through mud. You know, you're like, oh, I, I think that this is where the Lord is leading me. And it's so hard. And then I read this text and I'm like, but what would have it been like if I was leading myself? Maybe that was the non-direct route and it was still difficult. It was still hard, but that was the best route. Where would have I turned back around and gone to my own Egypt if I had not been faithful to follow God's leading? And what's so encouraging to me in this passage is that God knows what's around the corner. 
that is why we can trust in him because he knows not just us and what we're gonna respond, but he knows what's around that corner. He knows the direction that he's leading us. Isn't that encouraging? I feel like, don't you wanna follow a God that knows what's going to happen? God's leading is not always direct. That leads us to point number two. God's leading is always for us to glorify him. Let's read uh, Exodus 14, 29 to 31. It says, but the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. I think sometimes um, I want to say I trust and fear the Lord, um, but it's really easy to forget what he's done in our lives. And the Israelites went through the Red Sea, and this wasn't the first miracle that they experienced. Actually, I mean, not that long ago, we, Christina talked about the 10 plagues. Like, there's things that God is showing them and showing up for them. But this was a moment for them to turn their eyes and fix them on the Lord. And I think it's really easy for us to not want to follow in God's leading when we're only thinking about ourselves. You see, I think we make God's leading a little bit too much about ourselves sometimes. Where am I going? How am I going to get there? What am I supposed to look What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live my life to the full that Jesus says that we have when life is so hard? Because our plans, the details about our lives are really important to us. And it's really hard to let those little things go sometimes. But just a few verses earlier in Exodus 14, we see the Israelites just before the miracle happens of the parting of the Red Sea. We see them grumble and get frustrated with the Lord. Let me read it for you. If I can find it. Oh, it's right here. As Pharaoh approached, approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing, bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. I see a few things here. I see people really similar to me. And I think I see people really similar to you. How often do we grumble and groan to God? It would have been better for us, the Israelites say. Because all they were doing when that danger stood in front of them was thinking about themselves. I want to be real with you guys um, about some ways that I really feel like the Lord has been leading me in the past few months. Um, As many of you know, I used to work at Banter Ice Cream. I uh, made it my personality trait for a little bit. So if you didn't know, that's making it kind of make sense. (laughs) um, But we're we're past that. We've moved on. Um, And so... Uh, I knew it was the best option for me to leave. I needed to focus on school for a little bit. Um, and then I don't really know how to sit still. So then I got a job at Lululemon. Uh, also made that my personality trait for a little bit. But um, there's a pattern. But um, anyhow, um, Lululemon was great for about two weeks. 
And then it got really, really hard. I grumbled and I groaned to God because I was like, I don't want to work customer service jobs anymore. I, I, I'm almost graduated. I, I want to be in ministry. I want to be um, doing the things that you've called me to do. And I think to a certain extent, customer service or any type of um, not in a church job, you can be a really big light. And I've seen that um, at my time at Lululemon, which was really cool. Um, but that didn't take away from the fact that I still had those honest prayers. I still had those honest prayers of, why did you call me to summit? Why did you call me to ministry? Why have I done five years of school to do this? Why do I even follow you? And I know that might sound dramatic, but that's really where I was at. And I was really only thinking about myself in those moments. A few months later, I found myself with an opportunity um, to work in a church. Um, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Not a lot of hours, not a lot of money. <laughs> um, and I still sat there and I still asked myself those same questions. I still said, why this? This isn't what I was expecting. This isn't the type of job I want. What am I supposed to be doing? Why did you call me here? Why did you call me to school? Why did you take me through five years? Why do I even follow you? But something changed for me in those, in those few weeks of me really wrestling with this new opportunity. And I found myself at the end of the grumbling and the groaning and the frustrations, I found myself praying a little bit of a different prayer. I found myself praying, but God, I want your will to be done in my life. God, I want to follow on the path that you have for me. Even if it's not what I thought it was, even if it's not direct. You see, things started to align a little bit differently. Um, I got offered another position on top of that one and something that I'm really excited about and really passionate about. Um, and OSAP was also offered a full-time position, which was really cool. It, it felt like all of these little things um, were aligning. And we both prayed and wrestled for a bit of, should we do this, should we not? Um, but because we had prayed those prayers of, God, we want your way, we want your will to be done, we want to follow in you, there was so much peace and comfort in that decision. And we are really excited about it. But here's the thing, you guys, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that this position, the role, the job in a church is what's glorifying the Lord, because that's really not what it is. What, glorif what is glorifying to the Lord is our attitude to where he is leading us. And actually, what's even more glorifying in this whole thing that I just am so blown away by is that my mom, who's um, not a believer, uh, I've been telling her kind of this whole process of, you know, job and money and all that kind of stuff. And I was, you know, she was there. She's my mom. She's awesome. And at one point she was like, don't you feel like all of these little things just aligned so well? And I just sat there and I was like, yeah, like I think that the Lord has this crazy way of working things out for us. That's what's glorifying to the Lord. When we say more of you and less of me, other people get to see him. When we want to glorify him in our decisions, when we are excited about where he's leading us and we're like, there's less of me and more of you and we wanna glorify you, other people can see him. God's leading is always for us to glorify him. 
And this ties into our next point, point number three. God's leading deserves praise. Exodus 15, 2, if you want to flip there, uh, it says, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Now, almost this whole chapter, chapter 15 of Exodus, is the song of Moses and Miriam. And you see, the Israelites have kind of come to the end of themselves, and they're saying, we praise you. We remember what you've done in our lives. We're, gonna, we're just going to take this moment. And I was wondering what the definition of praise was, because uh, before I became a Christian, when I was 17, I used to Google a lot of things. I'd be like, why do we pray to Jesus and God? Like, that kind of stuff. Um, because if you don't grow up in a Christian home, you don't, you don't know. It's so confusing. Um, and so anyway, um, I Googled Uh, what the definition of praise was. And it says this, the expression of respect and gratitude as an act of worship. I'm just going to say that one more time so you guys can really soak it in. The expression of respect and gratitude as an act of worship. And I think sometimes we think of praise as songs or prayers, and I think it is that for sure. But I think it goes so much deeper than that. And maybe you've heard people say this before, but it is, it's, it's about our attitude and the way that we posture our hearts towards the Lord. God's leading deserves praise in our lives um, because he, he's there. We can trust him. And God's leading deserves praise in our own hearts. And I mean by that, we actually have to trust in him. We have to respect and give gratitude to the one who knows you so well and who is leading you. And sometimes giving God praise is really difficult when it's not direct and it's not about us. Like I said, I'm not perfect at that. I've had those moments. And I'm sure I'll have many, many more of where I'm grumbling and I'm groaning and I'm frustrated and I'm disappointed. Because I think for most of us in this room, our lives have turned out much different than what we were expecting. Because the reality of God's leading is that it's confusing. It's frustrating sometimes. It's not direct, and it's not about us, but it's always good. He deserves praise for that. He deserves praise as a posture of our hearts. And God doesn't shy away from us when we grumble and we groan and we get frustrated because he knows. Like at the beginning, Exodus 13, he knows you so well, and he knows what's around you, and he knows how you're going to react to those things as well. And don't you want to show gratitude and respect and give praise to the one who knows you so well? The Israelites cry out, he is my God and I will praise him. So even though the Israelites didn't understand the route that they were going on, even though it wasn't always about them and it was not direct, they chose in that moment to give him praise. And they chose to remember what God has done in their lives. Now, at the beginning, I mentioned that there was this pillar of cloud and pillar of fire that was the expression of God's presence to the Israelites. It says this in Exodus 13. It says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. And I was thinking about how much maybe easier it would be if we had this big, like, fire and cloud in front of us leading us. 
Um, and then I was thinking that maybe that pillar of cloud and fire is just a person now. And that person is Jesus. He's leading you and guiding you. He's the light of our world, and we get to follow that. And I was thinking of, you know how sometimes we say in our prayers, like, Jesus has gone before you and behind you? I was thinking, I was like, do I really know what that means? Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess he, he was at creation and at the end times. Like, maybe that's what people talk about. Um, you know, Alpha and Omega, I took Greek. I, I, <laughs> I know. Um, um, but then I was sitting there and I was thinking and I was praying and I was like, what does this really mean? And I had this really clear picture in my head of me like chasing after Jesus, just running. And then the busyness of life fell over me and I, I kind of started walking a little slower. And then maybe some heartache came along and I like stopped and slowed down and I looked back up and it felt like Jesus was gone. And maybe those like bushes and the vines had kind of grown over this path that he was just trailblazing. And I was like, man, this is exactly how I feel like when I don't know what I'm doing and I'm frustrated and I'm disappointed. And then I looked behind me and Jesus was right there. And he wasn't saying, hey, let's go back down this road. You went, you went the wrong way. He was saying, let's go on this trail together. I want to lead you. I want to be with you. He is guiding us and he loves us. Um, we have a few minutes left. And what I would really love um, to do in this time is I think it would be a really missed opportunity if we didn't lean into where the Lord was leading us. Um, maybe that's a big decision that you have to make. Maybe it's small. Maybe it's a conversation that you don't know if you should have or not. God's leading is, is so much bigger than just the big decisions, the big life path that we have. And maybe you're sitting in this room and you don't know where the Lord is leading you. Maybe you're sitting in here in this room and you're one of those people that you're like, I'm really frustrated and I'm really disappointed and I don't know where I'm going. Who am I going to end up with? Where am I going to live for this summer? Should I come back to Summit? Should I stay in ministry? Maybe that's you right now. I would encourage you in these next few moments to just pray and lean into where you think that God has what God has for you and ask him. He will guide you. He will make your path clear. Maybe it's overgrown right now and he's coming up beside you and he's going to do it with you, but just ask him to be in, in that with you. And maybe you're sitting in this room and you're like, you know what? I actually really feel like I have a clear next step. I, I feel like the Lord is illuminating this path for me. And that's really awesome. Um, but would you just give God praise in your own hearts in these next few moments? Do it as a, as a posture of your heart. Do it because you trust him and you give gratitude and you respect him. In your own language, however that looks like for you, we're only gonna take like two minutes and it's, we're not gonna have the worship band come up. It's gonna be silent unless you pray out loud and that is awesome. Um, sometimes I think we need to be a little bit more okay with silence and we need to be a little bit more okay with other people praying around us. Um, and so, yeah, take the next two minutes. I'll come back up and conclude. I'm gonna pray over you guys um, and then I'll come back up to conclude.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you have changed our lives, that you have come and entered um, this world and that you died and rose again so that we could have life to the full, even when it feels like it's not. God, we know that you are good. We know that you are leading us and guiding us. And God, right now, I just pray for every person in this room. I pray that you speak to them because we believe that you are alive and you are here with us right now. God, I just pray that we give you praise, that we don't end our prayers with disappointment and frustration, but we end our prayers with knowing that you have a will for our lives. God, let our hearts be towards you. Let us have a posture towards you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Too awkward for you, that silence. <laughs> Um, if you're still praying, you can take some time. Um, I just have a few things. I was trying to think of, oh, what does it look like to have application for this kind of thing? <laughs> um, and then I was like, I don't know if there needs to be like these next steps that you guys have to do. <laughs> God's leading is a journey, like I said. And we just get to go on that with him. Um, I just have three things for you guys to consider as you're thinking about God's leading. Um, Remember the faithfulness of God in the non-direct route. Number two, remember our lives are to glorify God. And number three, remember to give God praise. Thanks so much for listening. Um, so appreciated being up here. And so, yeah, that's all I have for you guys. You guys are dismissed for lunch.